welcome to the Exploring Excellence podcast, a show where I interview professional service leaders, innovators and client service stars on the importance of people delivering excellent services to drive business performance. I'm your host, Lynn Bromley. I'm an author, speaker, business consultant and the managing director of First Impressions Training. I've spent my whole career in professional services and a large part of it in finance and technology, so I'm a huge fan of all things techie. But I want to make sure that in a world where we're more connected than ever before and strangely more disconnected at a human level than ever before, we bridge that gap between tech and people. So sit back and enjoy the show while I introduce you to today's guest. Hello and welcome to Series 1, Episode 9, and I'm here with Henrik Court, and we're in a fabulous location of Hogarth's Hotel, and unfortunately we're in a room that has got a low ceiling, so the sound may be a little bit, um, a little bit of reverberation, so do bear with us, hopefully you can, you can hear us okay, but there may be a little bit of an echo. Um, so I'm here with Henrik Court, who runs his own events management business, so Henrik, tell us a little bit about what you do. Hello Lynn. Well, as you say, I run my own events management business. It's a limited company and VAT registered. Uh, it's a startup business. I started it in April 2018 and organise events on behalf of client companies which are from a range of sectors and I offer a, a beginning to end service. Uh, what do I mean by this? Uh, designing, planning, organising and running events. Um, events could include networking, seminars, speaker events, roundtable discussions, right up to things like exhibitions, conferences and awards, as well as charity fundraising events. No event is really too small or too large. I also compare some of the events and have a few event service collaborations in place as well, such as audio-visual requirements and promotional items. Brilliant. And I know from attending some of your, your events, particularly the, the networking events, you like to do things a little bit differently, don't you? So tell me what, what you do that makes your, your events stand out as being different to some of the others that are out there. Okay, so I think there's a lot of events for people to choose from and no one really wants to go to the same style events all of the time. Um, I think yeah, there are organisations I've worked for where sometimes I've not always been able to do things in the way I'd like to. Um, so now that I can, I'm sort of using that privilege to dare to be a bit different and to do different things. Um, I've also learnt my trade over a number of years um, and sort of know what sort of works, what doesn't work. And sometimes it's good to experiment and see whether certain different formats do work. Yeah, and they're certainly always good fun, so they're, they're great. So tell us a little bit about your background. So what got you into working in events? Was it always your grand plan to, to go into that, or was it more of a, a happy accident? Um, I think you'd call it a happy accident. I actually, when I left school, wanted to have a career in joinery. Um, but at the same time of being at school, I studied business studies, which was my first introduction to marketing, which I really enjoyed. Um, I didn't really do particularly well at school, but went on to college and perhaps studied harder than I did at school. Uh, did two business studies diplomas and also got some extra O-levels. Um, I had a Saturday job and worked in my holidays as well. Was offered a trainee position for the management scheme, which I did consider, but decided to go to university 
and carry on studying business studies with my love of marketing specialising in the subject in the final year. When I left university, I left with an honours degree in business studies, but I'd also did my Institute of Marketing professional examinations at the same time, because I figured once it was done, it was done, and then I could get out into the world of work, which I did. I pursued a career in marketing for some 20 years, uh, working for major PLCs and some major subsidiaries of PLCs, uh, across different sectors, engineering, construction, automotive aftermarket, to name some. And, and in terms of how you then got into events from marketing? So, one day I was in a marketing role, uh, sat in the office and the sales director of the company came in. He basically said to me, Henrik, I want to run a conference. No correction, I want you to run a conference. He went, that's <laughs> marketing, isn't it? So I said, no, I've never heard of uh, events being considered marketing as per se. I said, having studied it, the subject had never come up in my studies. And he sort of said, well, okay, he said, let's put it another way. I would like you to do the conference because there's no one else in the business that I think could pull it off, whereas I believe you can. So are you up for it? My reply, absolutely I am. So it started off as a once a year annual conference, it was a great success, so year two it became a conference and a party, and year three it became a conference, a party, and wives and girlfriends were invited to join on the Saturday, and I bussed them down to Stratford, Warwick, uh, for a day out before they then came and joined in at the party. Brilliant. So it was very much a, a happy accident, as you say. A so happy it's so interesting. I think of all of the interviews I've, I've done, and this is now the the eighth because one of the podcast sessions uh, was a, was me recording a section from from the book. Um, but of all of the eight interviews I've done, everybody I think has has ended up falling into to what they did through some some other means, not necessarily through planning. So it's fascinating, isn't it, how we start off down one route, but often we get opportunities that, that take us off in, a, in another direction. So really interesting how that, how that happens. So tell me a little bit about what service excellence means to you in your business. So service excellence for me, I think, is about putting yourself in the customer's shoes, doing things right first time, every time, and for me, delivering an experience that is better than expected and importantly, on a consistent basis. I think planning, communication and detail are three very important aspects of this. I think these aspects enable a business to differentiate itself from other businesses. I always recall uh, first learning about the service profit chain. It was always drummed into me, people, service, profit and importantly, that order. Yeah, so people first, yeah, I love that, fantastic. So you and I have known each other for, for several years and we were just trying to work it out, weren't we, before yeah. we started the yeah. recording? We, think we, we settled on six. Yeah, five or, five or six, certainly, we, we thought, and it, and it was a network event where we, we first met. And last year we came together and, and formed a collaboration to, to, to start off the Midlands Service Excellence Awards. Um, so we're, we're just going to spend a few minutes chatting about that, aren't we, and, and talk a little bit about um, how it came about and if people want to apply how they can can do that although they need to to get in fairly quickly because the deadlines looming so 
I think it came about with, with you and I chatting and talking about what was out there and, and the fact that we've got some amazing businesses in the Midlands region that are delivering excellent service. But there wasn't any particular awards out there that, that really um, showcased that. Some, some awards seem to have perhaps one award that, that talks about service excellence, but there was nothing that, uh, that seemed to focus on that excellent delivery. And it, as you said, it's such an important part of any business, even if you're not a service-focused business as such, every business has a service element in it, doesn't it? Even if you're a, a product business. So we got to chatting about that, didn't we? And thinking about uh, the fact that it would be great to showcase some of these fantastic businesses in the Midlands region. So, so that's how it, uh, how it came about enter into. Absolutely. So all businesses in the, in the Midlands region can apply regardless of their sector or size of company. We've designed 12 awards that will highlight the best in region for both companies and also individuals. All that it will take is a 1200 word summary as to what they've achieved, the kind of successes they've had in the last 12 months, and also the reasons why they believe they are, should be considered the best in region. And a single entry can enter the organisation or individual to be considered for three of the 12 award categories. In terms of the actual award categories, we've got Company of the Year, Family Business of the Year, Company Awards such as Financial Services, Professional Services, Innovation or STEM, Training or Educational Establishment, and then awards for Hotel of the Year, Restaurant or Bar of the Year, and Charity or Contribution to the Community. Then we've got team, a team award, Rising Star, and an award we added this year was Unsung Hero, as we felt there are so many people out there that do an incredible job, never really get the limelight, but are so richly deserving of an award and recognition. Great. And then in terms of the judging process, I know having uh, been involved in hundreds of awards yourself, you're quite um, specific about how the, the judging process works best. So would you just like to explain a little bit about that so people are aware of, of how they're going to be judged? Yep. So I've sat on award judging panels before and as you say, I've been involved in organising a number of awards where there has been a judging process. So I suppose like all learning, you learn what's good, what's not so good. And when you have an opportunity to have a blank piece of paper and design something, you look at that and consider that part review of the process. Um, so the first thing is that I always felt that a judging panel should be totally independent. And what do I mean by this? No one involved in the actual organising of the awards I believe should be involved in the awards judging process. I think that you select some trusted people who you are happy to give the decision of who wins the award as best in region to that judging panel and have no influence in whatsoever. You might recall last year, we actually will do the same again this year, we had a sealed envelope with all of the names of the winners and the reasons why the judges felt they should win but at no point did we discuss anything about what discussions the judges had had or who had won. And I always remember having a Skype call with you where we actually unveiled all the winners by ripping open the envelope. And it was only at that point, once all of the award nominees had been nominated, 
and told that they were on the shortlist, we actually found out ourselves who had actually won. And the intention is to have a different judging panel every year. Uh, no, no disrespect to anyone that judges our awards, but it keeps it fresh and also gives the awards a different perspective every year. Mm, yeah, I think that's absolutely crucial. And it, as you say, it, 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 it keeps it um, honest, it keeps it open, keeps it fresh. And uh, I think everyone really enjoyed hearing about that last year. And talking about last year, um, as we said, it was a new awards last year, and we were absolutely delighted with how it went. Obviously, we're not necessarily the right people to talk about how it went, because we were you know, behind the microphone and uh, we get a, a very different perspective. But we were very pleased with the feedback we had from from everybody who came along and um, we were also pleased with the number of applicants we had as it was a it was a new awards as well and the whole evening was a real celebration and uh, we were again chatting before and we were saying that what was really lovely is that people were not only celebrating their success but they were very happy to celebrate everyone else's success as well so it's it's always tricky isn't it when you're there up for an award and perhaps a competitor wins to, to keep your Oscars face, but actually everybody was lovely and, and really celebrated the, the winners. So that was a, a, nice, a nice thing. I always think when you do an event, you always remember some particular aspect of uh, that event for many years afterwards. And for me, that was the one thing that stood out uh, in the NR Awards dinner, in the fact that everyone in the room was celebrating everyone's successes and achievements regardless of whether or not they themselves won the award or not. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. It was a real party atmosphere, wasn't it? It was, and, uh, Everybody, everyone enjoyed staying on and, and networking and chatting and celebrating afterwards as well. So it was a, it was a great evening and, and really looking forward to, uh, to the event this year. We can say this year now as well, can't we? It's uh, <laughs> not far off. So tell us a little bit, we've obviously got a, a deadline looming. So if people still want to apply, they need to, to get in quickly. Would you like to just tell people about when the deadline is, how they can apply, and a few details about sponsorship, buying tickets, etc. So the deadline is 5pm on Friday the 24th of January. To enter, there's still plenty of time. It's go to the website www.serviceexcellenceawards.co.uk where there are full details about the awards and also the ability to download an entry form. As I said earlier, it's 1,200 word submission. It goes straight to a judging panel, so there are no interviews. But just one thing I will point out, there is also no extension to the deadline as we launched the awards in September and we felt it was unfair that if anyone doesn't meet the deadline, why should people have any extra time to fill in an application? But as I say, it's only 1,200 words. It's about a subject we know and love so I'm sure anyone could still meet that deadline if they hadn't entered yet. Excellent, okay. And we still do have some sponsorship available as well, don't we? Yes, um, we do. Tickets, um, do you want to talk about tickets and where people can get hold of those? Yeah, so the event is on Eventbrite uh, under the Midland Service Excellence Awards. Tickets cost £85 plus VAT for a place. And if anyone wants to buy a table of 10, they can contact one of us and the price would be £800 plus VAT for a table of 10 places. 
Brilliant. Okay, thank you. And if our listeners would, would like to improve their service, maybe they'd like to uh, apply for the Service Excellence Awards next year. Um, maybe they don't think they're quite up to scratch at the moment. So could you perhaps share a tip that you would recommend for people to, uh, to help them to improve their service? I think one of the bravest things a company can ever do is obviously listen to feedback but sometimes that feedback has to be given to a third party. Um, one of the things I've done for a number of companies, and it could be that they want to look at a forthcoming marketing campaign, they might want to look at the customer journey or the customer experience. So what I've done with companies is work with them to get a group of people, we'd call it a focus group. Um, it would be current customers, maybe past customers that they haven't seen for a while, with the client company giving me a series of questions to ask and for discussion between the focus group and to get to get honest, genuine feedback. It's one of the hardest things to do. Um, the best way to do it, I always think, is if you really, really want to know about what people think about your business, no one from the business should be involved or in the room at the time. And therefore, people will be willing to be far more honest with the facilitator and then obviously after the event the facilitator can give the feedback to the business. I know of many companies that have done this in the past and have found it to be very very beneficial. Yeah I agree I think that's that's a great way of, uh, of doing it and wonderful if the company gets great feedback as well because that's something that they can then then talk about so uh, and really useful if they get some some feedback that they can improve on as well so fantastic and um, contribution is a is a core value of mine and I know it is of yours too so I always like to talk about a charity that, that perhaps ones that you support um, just to bring it to the awareness of the of the listeners and if they feel Feeling particularly generous, maybe not as it's just after Christmas, we'll see, um, perhaps they could make a, a donation to them as well. So who would you like to, to put forward as your recommended charity? Uh, I'm going to have to cheat and say there are two in particular. That's absolutely um, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, since the age of eight I've done a variety of events and activities to raise money for charities. The two closest to me personally are Parkinson's UK. Um, the reason being that my mum suffered with Parkinson's disease for the last 12 years. Uh, however, we are celebrating her 90th birthday in a few weeks' time, which will be fabulous. And any cancer charity, um, that's also very dear to my heart because when I was younger, my father died of cancer. I also work with a number of other charities. There's so many great causes out there. So I'm always happy to help charities look at their strategy or look at fundraising events in conjunction with them. Great. And no prizes for guessing who's going to be organising your mum's 90th birthday celebration. <laughs> uh, that's a shared responsibility, but uh, yeah, no prizes for guessing. Yeah, brilliant. And if people would like to find out more about you or a little bit more about what you do, what's the best way for them to, to get in touch with you? So I'm a great advocate of using LinkedIn. I um, literally am posting regular business news, uh, business opportunities, but also my events. So anyone can contact me via LinkedIn. Uh, there's also ability to ask questions via Eventbrite on any particular event as well, or they can get go through to the website of the Midland Service Excellence Awards. And as a reminder, that's www.serviceexcellenceawards.co.uk. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Henrik. My pleasure. 
I hope you enjoyed listening to the interview with Henrik. I certainly enjoyed recording it and it was great to be back at Hogarth where we're going to be holding the Service Excellence Awards dinner on the 19th of March. I'm not sure we actually mentioned that during the interview but that's when the, the awards event is. So we'll be finding out who the winners are and they certainly gave us a great event last year so looking forward to, to hosting it there again. If you'd like to have a look at any of the links that we mentioned during the podcast then I'll put those in the show notes and I'll also put the LinkedIn profile for Henrik on there as well. So please do go along and connect with him. Please do go along and rate and review the episode. Apparently that really does help people to to find it. So that would be great if you could help me out there. And the other thing I'm looking for are more service excellence stars to interview on the podcast. So if that's you or if there's somebody you know who fits that bill, then please do drop me a line and let me know. And I'll look forward to interviewing them in subsequent episodes. So until then, enjoy the rest of your month and I will be back again in February. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.